Welcome to Engaging and Empowering School Libraries, a podcast that aims to raise the profile of school libraries by talking about topics that are current across education and teaching. Today, Daryl and I are continuing our monthly chat, Fossil Education and School Libraries. We hope to help you engage with content on the Fossil Group website, introduce you to people who are using Fossil in schools, and most of all, just have a conversation about the role of school librarians within education. This month, we're going to head back to something we mentioned briefly last month in last month's conversation, which was around the evidence of students' attitude to learning. So thanks again for joining me, Daryl. Um, I think we need to head into the conversation about your year nine signature work and attitude to learning. Is that is that? possible. Can you explain a little bit more about your year nine signature work for me? Mm, good morning, Elizabeth. Good morning. Uh, um, so possibly just before we get going, could could um, I just flag because there, there are some very interesting conversations starting to take place in the Fossil Group Forum at the moment, some, some very exciting and very promising conversations. Absolutely. Um, and what um, what what I'd like to do is just flag for anybody who listens to the podcast and who is a member of the Fossil Group, which is free um, to join, uh, to subscribe to the forums so yeah. that they receive notifications of updates. Um, now there is there is a um, an FAQ. So if 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 um, if if our members go to uh, the forum page, there there is an FAQ link uh, that just explains about subscribing to the forums and which forums to subscribe to, because there is actually quite a lot of activity on the site, um, but unfortunately at the moment. Uh, subscribing to the forums isn't as obvious and easy as it could be, and we have that on a on a wish list. Uh, so when we have time and 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 resources to do that, uh, we will do it. But it is very easy, um, and you can just check the uh, the FAQ. Absolutely, and and that is really important because. You know, just just this week, a couple of um, new forum posts have popped up in my email um, because I'm subscribed. It it certainly makes you know, if you if you just have to go back to the website each time, you forget eventually, don't you? You forget to keep checking. So definitely, subscribing is the way to go. So yeah, 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 get on okay. there and get subscribed. <laughs> <laughs> so take us back to to the year nine signature work then. So just. So before before we talk um, about the uh, the signature work itself, um, I've just got a couple of comments to place that signature work in context, okay. which may be helpful. Yeah, yeah. So um, I've I've referred to Matthew Syed's observation a number of times that insight is the end point of a long-term iterative process. So insight is, we don't start from insight, we arrive at insight. 
after a long-term iterative process going round and round and round. Um, now, that, that, that's quite important to, um, for inquiry in general, because we are always going round in more or less large circles. So either the entire process brings us to a point where we have more questions um, that we want to find out about. Um, but even within the inquiry process, uh, questions require information. Um, that information may raise new questions that require more information in order to build understanding. Yeah. So um, this iterative process is going on all the time on many different levels. Um, but, the, but the reason why I mentioned that is because um, the insight that I've gained into the Signature Work Project as it stands now um, comes from 15 iterations. Okay. So 15 years worth of doing a Signature Work Project in some form or another. Okay. Um, that stretch back over 15 years. So uh, I, I will provide links to two forum topics um, that pretty much go back to where I first began to wrestle with um, what is for us now the Signature Work Project. Um, mm -hmm. And that is a combination of the Inquiry Skills Project and a year-long Signature Work Project. Okay. So the, um, I'll, I'll send you those links. Okay, and we'll put them in the notes below. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, so, so the reason why I mentioned that is because this week in, in the Signature Work Project at Blancheland, um, students began to shift um, their focus from reading for intellectual and emotional engagement during the connect stage um, as well as dialogue with texts okay. in the wonder stage. So um, that's something that is is different for this year. That's new this year. Um, is I've 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 worked very hard um, to try to understand what kind of reading is happening in in each stage of the inquiry process. So connect is about establishing intellectual and emotional engagement. Um, and wonder is entering into dialogue with the text. So so let's let's stop there. When you talk about dialogue with the text, are we talking about talking to each other? Are we talking about no. understanding and being able to explain <clears throat> uh, or, or dialogue in as much as um I've read something and and I need to find out more. I need that explained a bit more to me. Is that that the kind of like dialogue then we're talking about? So um again, <clears throat> I will keep coming back to um that book Action Talk and Text Learning and Teaching Through Inquiry that was edited by Gordon Wells. Um which is effectively a summary of 10 years worth of action research um, in Canada, okay. in, in, in the Toronto area. 
Um, so, he, so they are quite clear that um, building knowledge and understanding comes out of talking. Yeah. Now, there they are focusing specifically on, well, initially they're focusing on um, conversations that happen between teacher and student, right. as well as between student and student. Yeah. Um, but I think something maybe that we haven't paid enough attention to is that what we're really wanting to do, so when when students become intellectually and um, um intellectually and emotionally engaged with what they're reading they are entering into a conversation with what they're reading so there is an author who is talking to them and what they are needing to do is to become sensitive to what the author is saying to them but equally what the author isn't saying. So the text is telling them something and they are thinking about what it is that they are being told and they need to be asking questions in response to what they are being told. Okay. And I think that, that, that's a really that, that is a really powerful <laughs> insight for us, I think, is that what we're encouraging students to do is to enter into conversation with the author of the text that they are reading, the book that they are. Well, um, I say book doesn't have to be a book. No, no. Uh, but how do you find the students deal with that kind of thought process? Because I think that must be extremely hard for them, having been used to reading and explaining what they've read. That's so actually you're you're pushing them to to go that step further do they yes. resist do they like it do they <laughs> how do they find it so so this is a, a long-term iterative <laughs> process yeah um that is op so it's operating on many different levels so say for example um so the the the, the, the signature work inquiry um needs to be interdisciplinary so by interdisciplinary we just mean that um work that is meaningfully happening in one subject um links meaningfully to work that is happening in meaningfully in another subject mm. so say for example the starting point for us so the connect and wonder part of the signature work inquiry um, this year happened in ICT or computing, um, English, and geography. Okay. So I'll, I'll explain um, I'll, I'll explain in a, a, a short while where, where that where those links come from. but, um, students shouldn't be completely unfamiliar in English with the idea of an author communicating to them through what they've written. Okay. So you think, for example, of analyzing a poem or analyzing a book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
so so because the the reading part of the signature work inquiry is embedded in english so we have one english lesson a week and one english homework a week for students to be reading um around their topic for the signature work um there's an opportunity for us to build a deeper relationship with english around work that other work that they are doing in english that will both feed into and feed out of what we're doing in the signature work okay um so the 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 thing that is different maybe for the students is that they may not be used to thinking about their own reading as a conversation as a dialogue um because they haven't maybe been given the opportunity to do so or encouraged to think about what they're doing in that way but they shouldn't be completely unfamiliar with the idea of entering into a dialogue with a text okay okay that's that's yeah it's it's a it's something that I hadn't thought of before that actually they must be doing this within within English because yes they do they do analyze texts more and, yeah and yeah. Um, you know it's it's conceivable that they it's conceivable that they're also doing that um, say for example to some extent in history yeah um, you know interpretation of documents yeah. Um, yeah and and all of this is helping students to connect what they are doing in different subjects in more and more meaningful ways. Mm. Um, so some of those links are more or less explicit. So in English, the link between English and computing um, was very explicit because we were doing digital literacy for six weeks in computing um, where we were teaching them how to do inquiry, not digital literacy, digital inquiry, mm -hmm. um, how to inquire in a digital environment. So how to search for, um, find and work with digital information that they were then beginning to read in the English lesson. Yeah. So that 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 initial phase, the um the connect phase, finding intellectually and emotionally engaging texts yeah. to be reading for um intellectual and emotional engagement in English during the connect phase. And then once they've found those texts and begin to engage with them to then enter into dialogue with them and to be open to what the text is saying to them but also what they want to say to the text what so is it that where, you're saying to the, me that, that's where the questioning comes from then absolutely yes yeah. so so all we're doing is we're taking um what do i already know so you the the the, the second you begin to wrestle with what you already know or think you know um you inevitably are asking yourself what do what do i not know no yeah yeah yeah, but, yeah. Only, but only if you are engaged 
intellectually mm. and emotionally engaged, um, you are generating your own questions about what you are confronted with that then are going to become critical for the investigate stage. So so does this lead us on nicely to students' attitude? I think I need to come back to why you've called it signature work, but but while we're here, presumably if the students are seeing a connection between different subjects, they are making the connection that the skills that they are learning are not just for they're not just library skills or inquiry skills they are skills that are embedded across the curriculum and they can take from one subject to another is that where you're seeing a different attitude maybe in your students learning so so there are two there, there, there are two issues there Mm. Um, because I think the thing the, the thing that we, we need to keep reminding ourselves of is that inquiry is an approach to learning. So inquiry skills are learning skills. Yeah. Um, it's learning differently. Um, yeah. and, that, and, and that is, that is the, the, one of the key differences, for example, between inquiry and information literacy or inquiry and digital literacy or media literacy or media and information literacy is inquiry is an approach to learning content that um, involves many skills, some of which are information literacy skills, media and information literacy skills, digital literacy skills, visual literacy skills, metacognitive, cognitive. So, um, so what, what, what we're wrestling with is engaging students in the learning process. So if, if we remember uh, uh, a while ago, we mentioned Michael Young's quotation, uh, um, Michael Young's point um, about not being able to teach students anything. They have to learn. Now, we can help them learn, but if we haven't engaged them in the learning process, all we end up with is memorization yeah. or tests. So we're, we're in, through inquiry, we're teaching students how to learn for themselves, isn't it? Yes. it it's, a, it's a process. So do you think you can see students understanding that in the process that you're going through? Yes. Do they, do they, you know, we, we've so long been in a, in a cycle of sitting, you know, our students in lessons, giving them the information that they need, um, expecting them to go home and learn it, then be ready for us to sit a test that is covers that information to prove that they've learned something. This is a really different way of a, engaging students in their own learning, but also helping them understand that they are part of the process, which I feel the teach to the test isn't. So can you you know, how does, I, I'm assuming that the, there are students who 
you know, probably your top end students who love this, who are really finding this opportunity to, you know, engage with something and move something and, and be part of something relatively, I wouldn't say they'd find it easy because I don't think that this is an easy process for any of them. But how do your poorer students, maybe those that struggle to read, those that struggle with their different thought patterns, where they just want to be given the information so they can give it back to you. How, you know, how is it affecting all of the students? And and can you see it affecting them in different ways, in, in positive ways or negative ways or resistance or not resistance? How does it, how does it look? Um, so, I mean, that's, so, so that is a very, very, very complex. <laughs> Again. <question. laughs> um, and I think, right right from the outset i think it is is it it is important i think to make a distinction between i think ability yeah and attitude and habit so um the 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 literature is clear that done properly so we're always talking about doing inquiry properly yeah. because yeah okay so but that, so that so 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 that so that that's a different that's a different conversation but so yeah. inquiry done properly um makes content accessible to students of all ability levels okay um how how far each one of them is able to progress may differ. Yeah. Um, but the thing, the 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 thing that we're talking about, and which is actually the real, well, it, it it's the initial challenge, is um, attitude and habit. So, if children have never been given the opportunity to wonder and to respond to that and being helped to find out, to wrestle with, to think about, to talk. If they've never been given that opportunity, um, A, that's difficult when they first encounter it. It's difficult. Um, it requires effort. Um and some students genuinely, I think, are lazier than others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I think Michael Young's insight is so, is so useful, is unless we've engaged children in the learning process, which is a difficult process, <laughs> yeah. then all we get is memorize this, memorize this, memorize this, in order to reproduce it. So do you think habit is important? So hab habit is huge. Um, I'm glad you said that. I've got a, um, I'm going to try and find it while, while we're talking. I've got a quote on my um, uh, uh, email, and it's by... Will Durant, I think it is, and it talks about habit being uh, being extremely important. You know that 
I, I, I'll try and find it. Um, uh, but yes, so I'm glad you said habit is important because because it is. So so taking me back to the days that I was in schools and in classrooms, and it was teaching. So we're we're talking about at this point teaching um, skills. So an information literacy skill, which was usually something to do with referencing. Um, and at that point, you know, trying to help teachers and students understand that, yes, to reference properly takes time, but actually the more you do it, the quicker it gets and the less cumbersome and the less difficult it is and it will save you time in the end. And that, at that point, I was talking about habits and habits being important and, and getting into the process of, of doing something. Um, so are we saying the same thing with our inquiry skills is that the more they do them, the less difficult that it becomes and we get them into the habit of thinking that way, that yeah. actually the, you know, they sit down to do some work and actually the process, the fossil cycle skills are, are, in their head so that they know okay I'm going to connect now I'm going to wonder now is it is it well, as, as simple as that um it's as simple and as complex okay. and as difficult <laughs> as that um because so so the whole point about the model of the process um that that is an attempt to describe what happens when we learn about something for ourselves so mm. it, it's um it's not something that we are forcing onto reality um what we are doing in the model is to describe something that happens now that something happens more or less easily more or less naturally more or less effectively for some students for, for some people than other people. Yeah. Um, so, so let me, sorry, let me stop you. I've just found the quote. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. Yeah. So, so um, I'm delighted that we, yes. <laughs> so, so the, <laughs> that we so are the, actually on the same line. <laughs> so, so the whole, the whole point is even, so, this is the thing that we have to keep clear, clear, clearly in mind, is that it's an attitude of wonder and puzzlement. Yeah. That is the starting point. If children are not full of wonder and puzzlement, then the process of inquiry doesn't start. Mm. The process of learning through inquiry doesn't start. So we have we have to be concerned first and foremost about a stance or an ingrained attitude of wonder and puzzlement, um, which is why that um, Pierce quotation is absolutely spot on. Um, without a desire to learn, it is impossible to learn. So, so let me take you back then, and not. 100% sure that you've actually answered the question Not that, yet. You, that you can don't that you can see <laughs> a different 
or, or evidence yes. of, a, of student learning. Yes. So in order, so in order to understand the evidence that we are beginning to see, okay. we need to understand that for many students, even in year nine, um, okay, but 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 the picture is beginning to change. So I'll explain that in a minute. But okay. um, for many of those students, um, what what we are asking them to do um is new it's unexpected um it's unfamiliar mm -hmm. um so some will initially respond differently to others um so then the two other things that you have to bear in mind is that um we are supposed to be embedding an inquiry based learning curriculum from reception through to year 13. Yeah. Now, students who are becoming increasingly familiar with the attitude, the stance of wonder and puzzlement, as well as the process. So yeah. the process has become habitual. I don't need to think, connect, wonder, investigate, construct. I don't do that anymore. No unless I'm explaining it to somebody else. But if I am confronted with a, with, with a situation in which I need to learn something for myself, what do I already know? Yeah. What do I need to know? Yeah. Where am I going to find the information? Does it make sense to me? Can I, can I explain that to anybody else? Gee, now what have I learned from all of this? Mm. So that, that is habitual. I don't think about it explicitly anymore. So, by the time students who are working their way up school get to year nine, somewhere down the line, um, we're going to be starting from a different point for those students. Mm. So where, where, where things are beginning to get interesting now is that last year we ran um the that very very ambitious year six interdisciplinary signature work inquiry yeah those students are now in year seven um we don't yet have um something that will involve all of year seven students in a full inquiry yet although we have got one or two things that we are working on. Um, but even before those students get to year nine, they will have in various subjects between year seven and eight will, by the time they get to year nine, have experienced a full inquiry that is more or less complex. Yeah. Um, so, so the difference then between those students and the students that I've got in year nine who did not do the year six signature work inquiry yeah. will be huge. Yeah. However, the students that I have in year nine now are completely different from the students that I had in year nine when I started at Blancheland three years ago. Right. So this is my third 
iteration at Blanchland. Um, and I can see the difference in not all not all of the students and not all of the students equally well. I can see a difference in the engagement and I am as certain as it's possible to be that because we have a well-designed, well-structured, well-supported inquiry, the outcome for those students will be different because of what they have experienced before but also because the engagement is different. Um, now, where so so where we so where we can actually notice a dis, uh, uh, already notice a difference is that the students who I had last year for the Year Nine Signature Work Inquiry, who have gone on to to do the HPQ. So we introduced the HPQ this year for the first time. There are only a handful of students who've chosen it because it's optional. Sorry, tell me, uh, for those that are listening that don't know what HPQ is. So the HPQ is um, a slightly scaled down version of the EPQ. So the EPQ is an extended project. Project qualification. Yeah, okay. So the the HPQ, what does it stand for then? Higher project qualification. Higher project, okay. So it still has, it still has a, a taught skills component and an independent study component. Um, and they either produce an essay or they produce um, an artifact with a research report. So it's a research-based project yeah. um, that takes place within an inquiry process. Um, now, the, so Jenny uh, is running the e the hbq and the epq program okay um so we've already done half of the hpq taught course in year nine so she has half of the taught course to do but those students um are starting the HPQ from a very, very, very different starting point. So Both in terms of their attitude, as well as their understanding of the process, as well as um, key inquiry skills. So is the HPQ and DPQ compulsory in your school? Or no, is it, is it they're they're optional. optional? Do you find... Are there more coming through? Are there more wanting to do it because they understand the process a bit more? Um, so it's difficult for the HPQ um, because the HPQ was only introduced this year. So we're only, um, well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm actually, to be honest, I, I can't offhand remember at what point they opted. No, it must must have been pretty close to the beginning of term. Yeah, no, it must, it must actually have, have been the beginning of the term. So we're only... We're, we're only six weeks or so into the HBQ program. Um, so, so that is in its infancy. Uh, the EPQ program is much more well-established, which is also optional. 
Mm. Um, but so 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 the interesting thing with the with with the the um, EPQ program. So so again, where we can begin to see differences. Uh, next year will be the first year that students who encountered fossil even in a very minimal way. So, so this year's year 11, going into year 12, um, they will have encountered fossil in some form or another. Yeah. The year 10s, though, um, they were the first year. So that the, our current year 10s were the first year that did um, a year nine signature work project. Right. So when this year's year 10 get to year 12, then we will see something. Yeah. And yeah. when um, this year's year seven, who did the, the, the signature work in year six, get to year nine, then we will, so, so then we will be able to compare. Yeah. In a way that we can't yet. But the other, the, the other thing that we can see is, um, so, so, um, sick form students who did the, the EPQ and did the, 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 the taught course as, um, for the EPQ, um, who are in classes. So say, for example, history, not just history. Um, but I'm using history as an example. Um, so for coursework in history, the difference between the students who have already done the taught course for the EPQ and students who didn't choose to do the EPQ is vast. Yeah. Um, to the extent that it would be a waste. So if, if the history teacher asks us to come and talk to the history class about coursework that is actually a waste of time for students who've done the EPQ taught course to be in the class at the time that we're teaching those students. Yeah. Now, how can that not, how can that not make a difference? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, I think we are looking at a very, very different attitude and approach um and we are getting very close to the point where i think uh we will be able to compare we we we, we will have um comparison points um from where we started because it's really it's really interesting listening to you because you know many schools decide um that the epq should be done and they do guide them through it. And, you know, some, it, it must, I uh, don't know whether I'm talking too, too specifically, but maybe, you know, it tends to be the students who are more engaged, who have got the understanding and willpower and everything else that goes with it to do the EPQ. Do you think you'll see, so, so what we're saying, I finished my sentence, what we are, so our thought process, what we are saying is that, it's far better and those students coming through that have done inquiry all the way up that in the EPQ will be 
something that they can achieve highly at because of the previous experience that they've had. Um, you know, we're all saying, we've always been saying that actually we shouldn't just be teaching students in year 12 and 13 how to, how to research well and do inquiry and everything else. We should be starting a lot earlier. Um, so by the sounds of it, you are going to see some significant difference in what is being produced at the end, but also seeing a difference in attitude to the way students tackle this in the future, I suppose. Is that what we're saying? So um, I, sent you, I, I sent you a link to a blog post that I wrote for the newsletter um, that has a photograph. Um, and I just need to check one or two things before I make that um, publicly available. So yeah, before we can share that publicly, um, but if you if you look at that photograph, those are the three year nine classes who are lost in what they are reading. Now, um, so 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 this. Uh, uh, I haven't got a clock, so I don't know where we are in terms of our. We've got a little bit more time. Okay, well, so 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 maybe what I'll do is I'll I'll just speed this bit up because um I just wanted to position something quite important before we end. Okay. Um, I think that will that will summarize everything that we've spoken about today so far. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Um. So so. People who listen to the podcast, hopefully by the time the podcast is available, will be able to see for themselves what um, what, what we're talking about. But um, so those students are not reading um, notes that I have prepared. Every single student in that class is reading something that is unique to them um, that relates directly to the topic that over the course of the last six weeks they have identified. Um, so if I if so if I if I just um, read these two things, yeah, um, and then maybe we can wrap absolutely up because we haven't even made it on to investigate today, <laughs> um, which is actually where the year nines have gotten to. Okay. So we've done connect and wonder last term. They are shifting into. So it's shifting from reading for intellectual and emotional engagement in connect and dialogue in wonder to um, reading for information and meaning in right. texts in investigate. So it's not just reading for information. It's reading for information that I can make sense of that means something to me, that I can do something with. So that emphasis, again, I think is um, is different. Um, but um, as we were doing that, uh, it reminded me of something that I wrote 10 years ago um, about the idea of the library college. Um, so that was a, a, a development. Um, it it was particularly strong in America in the 60s. 
um, but but wasn't limited to America. Uh, so the idea of the library college um, is the logical development of efforts. So there are three things. Efforts to center education in the learning process rather than the teaching process. So we've been speaking about that. Um, to encourage initiative and independence on the part of the student. So we've been talking about that. Yeah. Um, and crucially, to bring students, uh, bring the student to grips with original thought as expressed in books and other media. They're not lecture notes. Um, they're not textbook summaries. They're not revision guides. Um, these are the kinds of books that you and I might consult when trying to figure out something for ourselves. So yeah. th those children in, so all of those children, so that, that's the whole year nine, yeah. are lost in, to a greater or lesser extent, um, original thought expressed in books and other media. Yeah. Um, now, to, 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 wrap, to wrap this bit up, um, so in this week, as I was watching those students lose themselves in stuff that was more or less challenging for them, more or less unfamiliar, um, although I must, I must point out, and that's something that I, I will end with, um, I spent a significant amount of time ensuring that our print and online collection had relevant, accessible information mm. for each student. Yeah. That's my responsibility. Yeah. If I don't want copy and paste from Google and whatever Google throws up, yeah. I have to take responsibility for ensuring that my collection meets the needs, the, the inquiry needs both formal and informal of my community, which is the yeah. students and the staff. Yeah. Now, so as I was watching the students do that, um, I happened to read um, Douglas. So I won't explain this now because we won't have time. So, 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 so um, I have referred to Douglas Knight before, but it, but it's his forward. Um, to a report called Library Services for the Nation's Needs Towards Fulfillment of a National Policy. So in America, published in 1968. Um, so in that forward, so watching the students and thinking about this um, thing that I'd written about the library college movement, um, I came across um, his reflection on the second of two great functions of a library of of any type doesn't matter what so so this is this is what he was writing okay. doesn't matter what library it is yeah so the second of two great functions yeah um is that it allows 
and encourages the develop um, um, encourages the development or the extension of ideas, not their passive absorption, but their active generation. Here, our image of the conventional reading room may interfere. We picture a hundred silent, inert figures and forget that each is making some active reckoning with all that he thought to be true before he confronted a new range of ideas or conditions. He may be more active at that quiet moment, in fact, than at any other time of his life. The technical means of this encounter may be a record, a tape, a film, a printout, or, most radical of all, a book. Libraries are not bounded by means. They will and should employ any means to achieve their ends. Now, that is what we are looking at in those photographs. Yeah. And that is an extraordinary, it's an extraordinary achievement. Yeah. Um, but of course, that's not, that's not all it is. Yeah. yeah. But it's what a, what a wonderful way to finish, actually, Daryl. I think, I think we have, what I enjoy about these conversations is we cover all sorts of different things that I didn't even imagine that we would talk about when I, when I plan <laughs> a session. So, you know, I think something that you've touched on that we need to deep, uh, dig deeper into is is reading and the making sense of something because there's a big push across the UK at the moment about how important reading is for our students and how literacy levels are low. So I think, you know, maybe next time we can we can push into that area a little bit more. But I will definitely talk to you before next time and we will plan what we're going to delve into next so thanks very much again daryl for spending this hour with me we hope that you have enjoyed listening to the fossil podcast as always if you'd like to comment on anything that you've heard we'd love to hear from you don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out on future discussions thank you so much for listening <laughs>